Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. guys thank you so very much for joining me right here on off the script this is your aew dynamite post show for november 8th 2023 i am your host jd from new york as always coming to you live from the ots venue inside my mother's basement thank you guys very much for joining me on your wednesday evenings wherever you may be joined by my co-host and very good friend on wednesday nights a man was a little bit under the weather today, but decided that he wanted to spend time with you beautiful people here tonight. Mr. Impact! Jesse, what is going on, man? Not much. What's going on, bro? <laughs> I give this guy this, that's, that great introduction. Hey, what's going on, man? All right. All right. Yeah, let me let me uh, apologize to everybody right now, man. I'm, I'm just not feeling well, but I really wanted to be here. So, I mean, as the night goes on and the heavy drugs kick in, we're going to have some fun tonight. There you go. There you go. We got a lot of wrestling to talk about, ladies and gentlemen. AW Dynamite tonight. Thought was, uh, listen, I thought it was a better show than last week. Still, there's some holes in their logic, which we will gladly fill in for them. Not everything was a banger on tonight's show, but one thing is for certain, and uh, I don't really give a shit who says what. AEW's got the best in-ring product in all of the world. No doubt about it. Uh, the in-ring was not an issue tonight. It's always at the top of their game, AEW in-ring. But, Jesse, uh, what do you want to start off with, man? I know there was a lot that happened tonight. We had a major reveal of a new signing. We got the Devil storyline continuing with MJF at the end of the show, where uh, I, I don't know if that was real glass used or not, or if that was uh, sugar Cry glass. Cry me a river, bro. Cry me a river. Cry me a river glass uh, used at the end of the show with the acclaimed and Anthony Bones going through an office window. Or you want to talk about Samoa Joe relinquishing the Ring of Honor TV championship. The floor is yours, man. What do you want to start with? And uh, you lead the way here. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna start with the positive, man. Yeah. I think it's important that we start every show off with the positive. And like you said, first and foremost, this was a better show than last week. Indeed. So we can start there. Last week was just a little bit of a letdown. This week, so much better. Are you are you live on Twitch right now? I am, yes. Okay. We're doing so, dual streaming in 2024, bro. Just getting, go, started, getting the party, party started early. Go ahead. There we go. So it's better than last week. The The... The spot with Joe dropping the TV title uh, that was unfor- unforeseen. A little bit of a shocker, and I like it. Yeah. I like it. It gets Joe away from that title and hopefully off of the ROH brand entirely, and he doesn't have to take an L. Now, let's make this clear right now. This is not ideal to do very often. I mean, this should be the only time this happens for the year. You can't do this, but 
certain situations, certain titles, certain people, it works. And all of the boxes check right here for Joe on that one. This was a good call. Fantastic call. Yeah. Um, Samoa Joe, uh, you know, I was thinking during tonight's show while watching him wrestle Keith Lee, which I thought was a very good match. Um, I'd like to see more of Keith Lee as a side note. Uh, I really, I really wish Tony Khan would use him and utilize him a little bit more because I do feel bad for Keith. I know he had that, that, that illness that he had dealing with and, uh, you know, that kind of debilitated him for a little bit. But I mean, the fact that you got this guy on the roster, he's ready to go. He's healthy to go. I want to see more Keith Lee and not on ring of honor. I want to see him built up on dynamite, but that that's just my personal preference. You may or may not agree with that. But as far as Samoa Joe is concerned, I told Jesse this via text tonight, going back and forth watching the show. This was probably the best career decision that AEW's made in, uh, I would say, the last couple of months outside the major storylines that we're seeing right now. Uh, and the reason is because, A, it gets one Ring of Honor championship off of Dynamite. And you guys know how I feel about Ring of Honor championships on Dynamite. We got our own championships on the flagship show. We don't need any more championships coming over here, as I feel it devalues the championships that you got here on Dynamite and on Collision. Like we explained last week with the Ring of Honor six-man titles and the trios titles. No need for that. Keep that shit on the fucking app. I don't want to see it. That's one positive. Number two, this moves Samoa Joe away from Ring of Honor. Samoa Joe is a fucking top-tier elite talent. He should be on Dynamite, where the fucking big boys play. And he's going to be in the world championship mix. That is where he needs to be. And like I said before, Jesse, I was watching this and I'm thinking about Samoa Joe, where he came from. He was great in NXT Black and Gold. You and I know that. We watched him with eagle eyes there. He made the main roster. He didn't really have the same impact. You know, him doing this right now, he's doing the best work of, I would say, the last four years of his career. No doubt about it. Happy to see him do what he's got to do. Happy to see that he's healthy. Happy to see him put those rumors to fucking bed that he could not go anymore and that he's injury prone. He's working just as hard now as I, as if I've seen him in the last four or five years. So he is doing fantastic work, and I think this is a great creative decision. So kudos to Tony Khan and the creative team for making this decision. And like you said, Jesse, perfectly, he gives up that title. He doesn't have to be beaten, which is going to keep him strong into the into the championship chase with MJF going into World's End. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, this this was a this was a really 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 uh, great move. Um, it seems to it, see, it, it like I said, it checks all the boxes, man. It gets it gets Joe where you need him. Joe, Joe, um, it seems that he's being repositioned from what maybe I don't know. Maybe he was probably going to do before Adam Cole's injury. Um, Joe was being built up to be the mega heel of AEW. And at this course, when they if they continue, um, he will be in prime position to be the one to dethrone MJF. He could be the one to dethrone MJF. If he is the one to dethrone MJF, I don't have a problem with it being Samoa Joe. Uh, I don't have a problem with it being Adam Cole either. I, I think Adam Cole, if Adam Cole is really the devil, which, uh, I mean... To me, that's the way the story should go. I mean, I don't, know, be, I, I, don't, yeah. I, I don't know how long he's going to be out, if he's really injured, if he's injured, but it's not as bad. I don't, I don't know what the fuck's going on. That's the beauty of pro wrestling. You don't really know what the fuck's going on. And AEW usually likes to, you know, put a blanket over everything and fucking pretend like it's not there. But that's the way that it should be. But if Joe ends up beating MJF, I, I have zero, zero problem with that whatsoever because he's legit and he brings that sense of legitimacy that we said he did bring to WWE here. And I love to see it. Absolutely, man.
I, 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 I think this Adam Cole injury, this 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 latest injury, has to be. I mean, I, I, it feels like if you ask TK, has to be the most devastating injury he's had to deal with, even more than when Punk got hurt, because it seems like he had all his ducks in a row, everything laid out, and knew what he's going to do with the main event scene, and two people were intricate and intricate in that, and was Cole and MJF. He had to do a lot of a lot of derailing, a lot of uh, diverting, rather, and. It seems like Joe was going to help fill in that void, which is which is fucking great, man. You know, it's amazing how Adam Cole and the injury, there's so much surrounding it. Is it real? Is it uh, fake or work? I hate using the word fake. I apologize. Is it uh, is it a work or is it real? But it's not really as bad as AEW really made it sound. And uh, what we heard from Britt and uh, Adam Cole and everybody kind of being in on it. You know, we talk about World's End. You know, who's to say that they didn't create World's End for this because they kind of anticipated him coming back from this injury around that time? You know, a lot of people are going to attribute that to being, oh, AEW just adding another pay-per-view because they're going to the app and they're going to move to 12 pay-per-views per year. Who's to say they didn't create the show surrounding this storyline, specifically for this storyline to play out at World's End? I do think, and I've said this for weeks now, I do think that name was chosen for a very specific reason. That's a very just in-your-face, like, kind of eyebrow-raising name for a show, World's End. You know, something, you just kind of get a feeling that something's going to happen there and we're going to get some sort of payoff there, whether it's the devil or the MJF, you know, contract situation going into 2024, free agency, quote-unquote. But um, I, I have no problem with what's going on here. You know, even even in the aftermath, Jesse, with the injury and Adam Cole going down, there's been a little bump in the road. Last week was fucking awful. I don't know what they did with MJF. They made him feel and look like a pussy last week. Today they righted that shit. They yeah. fixed they fixed that. He was he was stern. He was aggressive. He yes. went out there and knew what he needed to do. He knew what he had to do. He didn't back away from anything. He went against the Bullet Club four on one. What'd you think about that situation? Because I know that was one of the, one of the big talking points last week. MJF came off like a pussy, looking for partners. He's got no friends, and he scissored at the end of the show. Even though Jay White walked out with the championship, he got pinned clean as a whistle last week. They righted that ship this week. What'd you think of that? Yeah, this this was a much much better presentation of of MJF than last week. I mean, look, everybody's gonna have to show some kind of you know vulnerability, and I, I, I understand that. But last week's presentation of MJF was just too too soft. Yeah, especially with his demeanor and his charisma and everything else, it's not believable he'd be walking around backstage sad and downtrodden because he can't find a fucking partner. So it just it just did not make any sense gimmick wise. This week was much better. He's still at the same problems as last week. He's still trying to figure shit out. But he's not looking like a fucking pussy as he's doing it, you know. I mean, he's, he's he he knows what he wants to do. He's got his head on straight, you know. Until the end, he got flustered by this the beatdown you know, on the back of the acclaim, but that's fine. He does not look weak this week, and I, I think that's important, man. Um, at all costs, at all costs, you got to keep MJF strong. Um, he is literally your anchor right now. He is your Roman Reigns. He needs to be kept just as strong for the time being right now. 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, everybody knows that uh, for a fact that he is the crown jewel of this company. And uh, I did not like the way that he was presented last week. Perception is everything. We said that last week. We're going to you know, utter that and reiterate that again this week. Perception is everything. I don't know how much MJF has to say in what he does, but uh, I, if I'm a betting man, I'm going to say that even he probably raised an eyebrow or, uh, or two last week about how he was presented because that's not really how he was presented before last week, and they uh, definitely made it a point to fix that aspect of him this week. Um, the match with Daniel Garcia, I don't know how everybody else felt about this. I am never going to turn the cheek away from the show when there's great wrestling on the show. Um, Daniel Garcia is a great pro wrestler. I'm not taking anything away from him. Is he is he ready for a world championship match? Is he ready to be in the ring to wrestle for the AW World Championship? Fuck no. I don't know where that, I don't know where that came from. MJ, Didn't he do this current gimmick with I, I, Daniel Garcia. Already? Yes, this. I mean, the people were so. Like, oh my God, we're we're gonna eat this week or whatever the fucking cool kids are saying now. That what what are you yeah. eating? What what is what is Tony Khan serving up that we haven't seen before? I know Tony Khan and MJF himself have served up much better than what we got with Daniel Garcia and MJF tonight. Apparently, Jesse, people were so over the moon about this match that they did not give a shit that the match was legitimately booked out of thin air for absolutely no reason. Now, the match happened. It was fine. It went 15 or so minutes, maybe less than that. MJF got the win. But at the end of the day, it was a predictable match. The match had no meaning. It forwarded no storylines whatsoever for MJF. The storyline that it forwarded for Daniel Garcia was one that we've seen, like you said, Jesse, we've seen this play out already. And it's not going to have the same impact now as it did then because the way that I'm looking at it, Daniel Garcia should already be in the Black Blue Combat Club. So yeah. now, now what is he doing? He's going to drop the sports entertainer gimmick to do what? Be Daniel Garcia? He could have dropped it then and left Chris Jericho to join Brian and be a Black Blue Combat Club man. I mean, give me a fucking break with this shit. And I feel like the only reason why this match was made was because Tony Khan said, you know what? I got these two studs. I'm going to have them open the show. And after last week's debacle of a creative that was ranked the fourth worst dynamite on cagematch.net, if you don't think Tony Khan realized that coming out of last week's show, you got another thing fucking coming. He put these guys in the open of the show, and I feel like the only reason why he did it was because, you know, I can put these guys out there and it'll give everybody a real true sense of what AEW is really about. I don't need this match to take place to know what AEW is about. Just make it make sense. That's all I give a shit about. I don't want to see this match happen for no reason and a world championship on the line. Mind you, a world championship MJF's defending that he doesn't even have possession of. The fuck is he defending? Right. I thought he's going to get his title back tonight, at least. Me too. But I I guess not. I mean, to be honest with you, him having the physical possession of the title, that's not bothering me. It's really not. I mean, it's, it's happened before. It's, you know, something that's been done before. They have drugged this out quite some time. To the point where new viewers might think, you know, Jay White is the damn champion. You know, I mean, he's he's always had the damn title, but it gives Jay White a little bit of a rub without making him the champion. You know, so I don't mind it as much. I mean, we know Max is the damn champion. Um, 
logistically, I still don't see why he hasn't gotten his title back by now, and it hasn't really been explained. I think that's that's an issue. But all in all, it seems a little bit harmless, especially since we know where this is going. We know they're going to get a title match, and we know MJF is going to win, and then we know that um, he's going to get his title back then. So. The, 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 the reason why I mentioned him having the title or not having the title in this case uh, is the fact that Jay White is main eventing the show, holding the AW championship. Meanwhile, your actual champion is opening the show. You know, I don't know how people perceive that. Again, perception is everything. MJF's the world champion. If he's the world champion, he's the most important thing, the most important figure in the company. He should be main eventing the show. Meanwhile, we got Jay White, who's acting as the world champion, but not really the world champion, closing the show against Mark Briscoe in a very predictable match. So both these matches, which bookended the Dynamite show tonight, open and close, were very predictable matches, which we knew were going to go in the favor of Jay White and MJF. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I think it comes off a little... uh, it doesn't really present MJF as the most important figure on the show. That's that's what I'm trying to get at. Uh, you may think you may think it you know comes off differently. MJF himself might think it's a little different than that, but I think uh, as a world champion, you need to be treated as such. Yeah, I also don't get why we get Jay White and Mark Briscoe in the main event. Yeah, I didn't understand that either. Uh, yeah, I, I I feel like Tony Khan did it because Mark Briscoe is now back from injury and he wanted to kind of uh, roll out the red carpet for him. Hey, welcome back, man. Hey, Mark Briscoe is more than welcome on my TV, man. I Anytime, just, yeah. I just don't get why he was in the main event. That's all. Yeah. yeah. And it was predictable. Great match. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I thought they worked their fucking asses off. Great match between Jay White and Mark Briscoe. But uh, a main event match, no. No, MJF and Daniel Garcia should have really been in that match. But how could it be? How could it really warrant outside of MJF being the world champion? There was no story. <laughs> None of these matches had stories. So it's like, you yeah. know, Tony Khan threw a, a bunch of shit at the wall again this week. Though it really forwarded some things with MJF coming at the end of the show. We got the devil and the Foot Clan out there throwing Bowens through the glass window. I don't know what everybody's saying in the community. I don't know what you guys in the chat think is going on with this uh, this group. Led by this masked individual. All I know, Jesse, is that it's not MJF. And I know that was a concern of ours last week. It can't be MJF. Now we know for a fact it's not MJF because someone attacked his buddies, the acclaimed. No, no, we don't know. I mean, because the masked devil was not at the scene of the attack. He was on a video clip. We saw the henchman beating down the acclaimed, but the devil was not there live. True. So... It's still protected to the point where it could be MJF, which kind of scares me a little bit. So MJF used the acclaim last week, befriended them to battle the Bullet Club, only to have an unnamed or uh, unknown group of men attack the acclaim this week? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that makes any sense, man. No, it it cannot be MJF. Please. And no, it's not CM Punk. Please stop with the CM Punk garbage. If it's Punk, I'll fucking sit on this show without a hat on. How about that? (laughs) How about I'll do this entire fucking review that same week without a fucking hat on. Okay? Give me a break. I hope it's Punk now. (laughs) (laughs) It's not Punk. People are saying it's Jack Perry because of the glass. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's not Jack Perry either, man. Give me a fucking break. I, I text JD right away. It's a real glass. Cry me a river. 
It's not Jack Perry. It's not Dolph Ziggler. No, it's not Ali. Could be Ziggler, Ali, and Shelton Benjamin, says AR1. It's retribution. Now, what are we doing, man? I mean, you want to be the alternative to WWE. Yeah, let me get there. B-plus players. Yeah. So, now that we started off with the good of the show, we're going to get into the bad. And by the bad, I mean the women. Oh, my goodness, man. I had, uh, within, within seconds, seconds of me tweeting out about this major reveal tonight, this debut tonight, I had people in my DMs trying to explain to me why it was a good decision. I'll let Jesse start, man. I'll give my take after Jesse, but I know him and I are probably going to share the same sentiment here. So, let's get into the first part of the women we saw. Uh, Sheeta and Tony Storm. Real simple. There's no heat there. No. There is no fucking heat there at all. No one is scared of Tony Storm's shoot. Sheeta gives off the aura as that she just doesn't really give a shit about this whole feud at all. And I don't fucking blame her. No. All right. So that has no heat. Now, next, we get Julia Hart in a match. Fantastic. Great. Love seeing Julia Hart. Who do man, we she have? is looking so she is looking so good lately, man. I'm 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 exactly. I am really impressed with the entire presentation and what Julia Hart has been doing, man. She is flowing like a fucking pro in there. She is doing very well. I mean, I remember from her, I remember from her times on Dark, where she stopped going out there and just trying to do a whole bunch of moves that she learned, and she started doing the moves and the sets that, um, that played into her gimmick a little bit more. Yeah, and perfect, methodical timing, and they all make sense. Loved it. We get her in a match with a returning Red Velvet. This was really bad. Red Velvet was very over when she left, okay? So she got injured. That sucks. We heard nothing. Not a high, not here, not a promo package, not a mention, not a vignette, not a coming soon, not a nothing. And she just comes walking on out like nothing changed, doing her pot stir, getting to the ring, and basically gets squashed by the tiniest woman in the fucking company. And Red Velvet is pretty tiny herself. So my, my whole thing with that, Red Velvet could have made a much better return. She could have came in to do a run-in and an attack. They could have gave her vignettes. They could have had us anticipated a little bit more. It made me feel like that they did not give a shit about Red Velvet's return. And if I feel like they don't give a shit, then why should I? Why should I? Yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree. Uh, and I don't know who's watching uh, this. That may work there. That may not work there. If higher-ups are watching this or the fucking boss man himself is watching this, this is why the fan base is frustrated with the lack of creative direction in the women's division on AEW Dynamite and on Collision. This is exactly why. If you give us, again, perception is everything. Red Velvet... You know, like I just explained to Jesse and like Jesse explained to you guys, Red Velvet looked good in there tonight, Jesse. She she looked like, you know, she was not away for nine months. She yes. she sold excellent. She hit her moves. She looked very good in there with Julia. I thought they worked very well together. 
Now, I don't know what they think of Red Velvet. I don't know if they have plans to push Red Velvet as a, as a bigger star in that division. But everybody should be given an opportunity and equal footing here. A vignette would have gone so far, or a, a, a couple of weeks, a string of weeks of vignettes. You know, Red Velvet coming back to AEW Dynamite to get people excited. How do you throw someone on television after nine months without hearing a single fucking word about her anywhere? How do you expect that to benefit Red Velvet in any way possible? I don't get it. It's no. like it's like it's like putting the fucking cookies in the mixer and scooping the fucking cookies out on the cookie sheet and not putting them in the oven. You're not going to eat the well. I would probably eat the raw dough because I love raw dough. But you know, you're not going to serve that. You're not going to take that and put it on the fucking bakery shelf at the bakery and say, hey, $5 for a fucking unbaked cookie. Come on, yeah. man. You can't do that. Yeah, no, there was no presentation there at all. And then we get the, the post-match segment. And, it, and again, it just got weirder again. You get Sky Blue comes walking down to the ring to stare at Julia Hart. You get Chris Statlander comes out. Should be the should be the top female there. She comes out and she does some staring and some looking. Nobody did shit. What was the point? No, what was the point? I still don't understand why Sky Blue went through all of this shit to pretend that she was on Julia's side, just to then reveal that she wasn't on Julia's side and then got no benefit from it. She didn't get to steal a title shot. She didn't ruse her into winning a match. She did it just because she was bored. She just wanted to punk Julia Hart. That was the reason why she did it. Yeah, I don't I don't know what they did there. It made it seem last week that Sky Blue, correct me if I'm wrong, Jesse, Sky Blue was uh, the one to uh, maybe deflect the poison and uh, not be affected by the poison that Julia Hart, the mist, I should say, uh, that was spit in her face by Julia Hart. Now, this week, Julia looked at her and wanted to make sure that she's uh, she's all there and whatnot, and it went nowhere. So she's from, still wearing the makeup. She's still wearing the makeup. So from what I gather here, it kind of felt to me that Julia knows that Sky Blue is, you know, on her side, but they're kind of milking it. And Julia is actually aiding Sky Blue to maybe take the championship off of Chris Statlander. That's the way that I feel about it. I don't I don't know if that's the case or not, but I mean, what what else? What else is the fucking way to go here? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you're right. Are we going to get some kind of weird double turn for yeah. Sky Blue? She's going to go back to he. I mean, it, it's just so weird. It is very weird. It's, it is just so weird. So that was the good stuff about the show. And then, you know, the bad stuff. Again, unfortunately, the women, I, I don't understand how this women's division is not. Well, we didn't even touch on Mariah May. Mariah May is somebody that is heralded in the internet wrestling community as someone who's got all the tools to be such a great player, right? Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. 
The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. Stardom. Everybody praises her work. She reminds me, listen, you know, I don't know what WWE does and how they model their characters down in NXT and what they do with their talent. Mariah May, Tiffany Stratton looks a lot like Mariah May. Same same makeup and everything. The ditzy, fucking glam, Barbie girl, whatever. That's Mariah May. Now, they're not going to do that with Mariah May here. They're clearly pairing her with Tony Storm. I don't know where they're going with it, but from what I gather, it looks like Mariah May may be some sort of stalker or super fan of Tony Storm, and we may get some Trish Stratus, Mickey James type shit here with Mariah May and Tony Storm. But the thing is, who the fuck knows who Mariah May is? I've seen a lot of who's and who is she on social media, Jesse. And, you know, the way that they introduce her is in a segment backstage with RJ City in an interview segment. And here's our, here's our latest signing to AEW, Miss Mariah May. Oh, oh, okay. I'm like, what? Don't 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 you don't don't you think some cleverly shot vignette that I don't know maybe includes Tony Storm in the world that she's building maybe you include her in there and you get that kick started that way instead of RJ City interviewing her backstage to to absolutely no reaction ice cold hey you go here's your fucking first TV appearance in an interview with RJ City what the fuck is that that's all I'm saying there's got to be a better way to do that to introduce a new character. Now, great, you're, yeah. pairing, you're pairing her with Tony Storm. Fantastic. I'm sure she'll get over. But at the end of the day, it just came off as if, like Jesse said, we're Red Velvet. Like, they don't give a shit. Like, it's, it's almost as if they put no effort into it. I know yeah. where they're going with it, but you got to start somewhere. And tonight is not where you want to start. That's not yeah. the way I would have did it. No. I'm going to pick out a chat in the tweet by... By zero, zero Kaiba it says timeless Tony Storm best part of AEW. I disagree with Jesse's take on her gimmick. Now let's break all of that down. First off, wait a minute. When Tony did you Storm when when, when 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 did you when did you say Tony Storm's gimmick but, is? Uh, thank you. I'm glad someone else caught that because zero has zero comprehension. We've right about now. We've done we've done nothing but praise Tony Storm. What are you talking yes. about? Yes, and. Tony Storm's gimmick is not the best thing in AEW right now. That is completely false. Start there. 
Second of all, I never said I didn't like her gimmick. I said this match has no heat. No, the match it, has it, no. It, the match has no heat. It's amazing how people will take what you said and twist it into what they wanted to hear. You know, I I I don't get it. So Miranda May came out. Mariah May. Couple, uh, Mariah May. Sorry. She um she came out. I had a couple of people ask me what I thought about you know her debut, including you. A few people in text asked me about, and my response was, "It was literally, who is this bimbo? Who they presented her in a god awful way, god awful way, man. Like you just said, vignettes would have helped. Some kind of anticipation would have helped. Maybe some kind of run in. Maybe she could have returned with Red Velvet." At the same time or something. I don't know. But this with RJ City and just, you're in AEW now. You're signing women and you are not booking the women you have correctly. And you're not signing someone that's going to be a, a game change. Now you have another body that you have to try to figure out something to do with because she does not come with her built her own built-in story. She's not, she's not Mercedes. Mercedes come in, she can build her own goddamn stories. I, I I I don't know I don't know why we didn't take the more subtle approach with Mariah May. It, clearly, not 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 everybody's going to know who she is. You know, I would have built vignettes around the whole Tony Storm act and her being this super fan. I'm not saying we needed to throw her out on television. I would have I would have never done that e- either. I w- that would have never even been a thought in my mind if I was on the t- creative team. What the fuck are you going to throw her out there in front of a live audience for? Nobody knows who the fuck she is. You know, but build her up in a vignette or, or something. You know, and integrate her into the whole Tony Storm thing and, and, you know, keep it like low key. Like, who the fuck is it? Who's this other blonde? You know, and then play it out at the pay-per-view. Help her win the fucking championship from Sheeta. You know, uh, I I don't get it. Like, what what are we doing here? Yeah, someone think theme park says um, she's very talented. I have heard that sentiment from a few different people that she is really good at what she does. And I'm interested to see her work in the ring, but the way they presented her right now, I don't give a shit. You know, I, just, uh, I just don't give a shit. I, I don't want to put my conspiracy theory hat on here, but I'm going to, I'm going to give you guys uh, something that's uh, kind of working in my mind right now. You know, where were they tonight? Portland? I think they were in Port- Portland, Oregon, right? They were, they were, they were somewhere in, in, in Oregon, whatever. But my point is, you debut her in Portland, Oregon, <laughs> on a random fucking dynamite. Like, if you want to make her, if you want to make her a big deal, or have her come off again, perception is everything. Have her come off as a big deal. Why didn't you wait till full gear and do the vignette thing? We got three weeks. I don't know what the fuck's the rush. I feel I have a feeling that Tony Khan put this poor woman on AEW Dynamite because. Of a multitude of reasons coming out of the other company. We got Kyrie Saint showing up on Saturday at Crown Jewel. And we got the rumor of Julia and Triple H heavily going after Julia. Where there's reports that she's going to be at the Performance Center within a month. Which we know is not the case because Meltzer said she's not there until March at least if that's the case. So I don't know what the rush was to get her on TV. But I kind of feel like Tony Khan in his typical way you know, made a spur of the moment, you know, decision and said, Portland, Oregon is where we're going to debut Mariah May. I hope that's not the case. I, I really genuinely hope that is not the case here. I don't know how you feel about that. No, no, it, it was, there was absolutely 
nothing positive about Mariah's debut tonight. People, people have already forgotten. Oh, I mean, it was. It that's was the problem. Bad. If she's a killer in the ring, that's great. I can't wait to see it. But now she's already working uphill. She's already trying to come back from this very lukewarm debut. I mean, I've. I mean, this was like Big Show St. Valentine's Day Massacre debut. Bad. It was just bad. I mean, I. They could have done better, but but more importantly, she's being thrown into the fire. This this women's division is already sinking. What is she gonna do? But how are you gonna push her? And we're not seeing enough of Chris Statlander. We're not seeing enough of Athena. We're not seeing enough of Mercedes Martinez. We're not seeing enough of the fantastic women that you have. You're gonna bring me another one and try to get me invested in her too. Where's Thunder Rosa? I don't know. Thunder Rosa's on Instagram lifting fucking weights, doing squats with the fucking bar. Where is she? She was going to the back to talk to Poppy Khan. Listen, you know, they can get anybody they want. They could bring Mariah May in. They could bring fucking Mariah Carey in. I don't give a fuck who they bring in. You know, Mercedes. They could bring in Mercedes. People were like, well, Jamie Hayter didn't get over immediately. She worked her way up there. What's the big deal? Yeah, but Jamie Hayter was immediately paired with Britt Baker. Right away. And Britt Baker was the hottest act in the fucking company. And still, <laughs> Jamie should not have had to work her way up from where she was. They would have debuted her better. She would already been at least mid-level. It was a bad debut. Same thing for this one. It was a, just not an exciting debut. And a debut is supposed to be exciting. You could have been giving us vignettes for the last four weeks. Who is this person coming in? Who is this person coming in? Oh, there she is. Okay, let's see what's a, what she's about. Let's see. This is. I just turned my head, got a drink of water, came back, and she was on my TV with RJ City. I said, "Who the fuck is this bimbo? Who is this? Why is she here? Where did she come from? Does she have a backstory? I'm sure she does. I don't know about it. And if I don't know about it, and I watch wrestling, how many people at home do you think do about it? I don't know. Alamo in the chat. Look at this guy. This. I mean. Why Why do we come up with these ideas and it seems like it's more effort in the fucking chat than it's from the AW creative team? He says, have her at a movie theater watching Tony Storm's silent movies. Something. 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 Anyway. Now, here's our newest signing. RJ City says, Mariah May. Okay. Mariah May, thanks for coming. You look great. Who the great. fuck are you? Or maybe last week, Tony Khan wanted to announce that All In was going on sale in December for a fucking show that's not happening until August. Maybe if he wanted to make a big splash with the new signing, hey, our big announcement. We signed acclaimed superstar from stardom, Mariah May, and Nigel could have introduced her and interviewed her last week. That would have been a, bit, been a, a bigger announcement than what he did last week. Something. You know, if, if she is as good in the ring as people are telling me, they just... The vignettes didn't have to be anything special. They just could have showed us a quick little 30-second highlight reel of some fantastic spots from her from stardom or something like that. It didn't make us say, ooh, man, I can't wait to see her in the fucking ring. Yeah. Look at that shit. Man, yeah. it's a killer. No. I don't know, man. You know, listen. We're going to get into the show. We're going to break down uh, the rest of the show tonight. We got uh, Kenny Omega and... 
Chris Jericho against the Young Bucks, official for Full Gear. We'll talk about that. We'll get into the rest of the show here. Sting and Darby Allen were on the show tonight as Sting continues his uh, world tour. No Ric Flair, thank Christ. No Ric Flair on the show tonight. No big show. We got pro wrestling. We got some stories. We got some logic gaps, typical AEW nonsense. We'll get into it right now on the post show right here on OTS. I want to thank you guys for joining me on the show. I want to thank you guys for joining me and Jesse here tonight on Wednesday night. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you guys go out and check out all the other content on the channel, including last night's tremendous Tuesday Night Titans, myself and Andrew Bigdala, episode 21. We talk about a whole variety of topics, including the NXT brand now moving to the CW Network. Also follow Jesse on social media at Chi-Town Smart, and go subscribe to his YouTube channel as he covers Impact Weekly. What's going on? What's going on with Impact, man? So this week, so last week they did they did their overseas tapings. And it's kind of a letdown because I was waiting for them to get into the the Chicago um, post Bound for Glory tape where we got Will yeah. Ospreay in matches and everything like that. Well, apparently we're going to get back into those matches this week. So we got the Will Ospreay match and all the Bound for Glory fallout. Last week was a non-canon show. It was much like a um, like a crown jewel. How those shows used to be was just no storyline or a house show. So. This week we're gonna be getting back in the business. I can't wait to see Osprey. I think he, uh, I think he fought Eddie Edwards, if I'm not mistaken. Oh boy! And I hear it was a damn good match too. Man. So we got Osprey lurking around. We get, you know, Shelly, and we got some stuff going on. They're still getting ready for the TNA transition coming up next year, and that's what I'm waiting for to relaunch my channel. I'm gonna wait for the TNA rebrand. So join along if you would like. To. There you go. Make sure you guys get those Super Chats in. We love the support, so get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. Last call, as always, here in the OTS venue. Memberships are open as well. Get those memberships in. And tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at DraftKings. DraftKings.com. You guys know the deal, man. Always showing love to my guys over at DraftKings. Let's kick it off before we get into the dynamite post. Let's kick it off with some DraftKings right here on Off the Script. What is going on, football fans? We are in the midst of the NFL season, and I'm still holding on to hope that my favorite team will be in the playoffs this year. I'll even place a bet on that. Tonight's show is sponsored by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official partner of the NFL. And right now, they have an offer you guys do not want to miss all customers get a no sweat bet on any same game parlay or same game parlay x all you have to do is download the DraftKings sportsbook app and use that promo code jd from ny if you're a new customer DraftKings has got something extra special for all of you new customers who bet just five dollars will get two hundred dollars back in bonus bets instantly if you guys are already signed up for DraftKings, you can get a no-sweat bet 
on any same game parlay or same game parlay X bet. If your bet does not hit, max wagering limits do apply. Are you a fan of your alma mater or your favorite hometown team? You guys can combine multiple bets together for a shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and new customers use promo code JD from NY. Bet just $5 and get $200 back in bonus bets instantly. Once again, that's promo code JD from NY only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Man, you guys are crazy, man. How, how did I change my shirt so quickly, man? Like, snap a figure, man. I'm a fucking wizard. What can I tell you? There you go. DraftKings.com. Make sure you guys go and uh, do what you got to do, man. Use that promo code JD from NY. Love my guys over at Giraffe Kings. Dynamite. Tony Giovanni was standing backstage starting the show tonight. And said tonight, MJF would defend his AEW World Championship against Daniel Garcia. MJF walked in. All smiles. He asked Tony Giovanni, how are you doing, you fat old prick? There you go. Glad that, uh, that feud, man. Long-term booking. Long-term booking with Tony Schiavone. It's not the only long-term booking MJF's doing lately, man. I'll keep his social media escapades to to some other geek who wants to talk about that. His love life, his relationship, whatever. You guys know what I'm talking about. I don't give a fuck. Happy for him, though. Anyway, um, Schiavone asked about him getting pinned by Jay White. MJF said, all it takes is three seconds to end the title reign. MJF said, White should savor that because it won't happen again. So Adam Cole texted him, MJF answered the phone, and then linked his call to a monitor that was conveniently right there in the room next to him. MJF looked at Cole on the screen. Cole said he is worried about him. He told him if he wants to win the match, he really has to take Samoa Joe up on his offer. So MJF says he doesn't need him. He says he can defend their titles and also handle Daniel Garcia later. Garcia walked in with Angela Parker and Matt Menard. MJF said he granted him his request at a title match because he said he believes in him. He says he wants to prove its talent over tenure. He asked if he's getting the sports entertainer or the pro wrestler tonight. Garcia stepped up to him and said tonight he's getting a professional wrestler. Parker and Menard seemed to not like that answer. So Adam is still on the uh, big screen. And Roddy comes rolling on in. Yelling. Love it. She's yelling at him. He, he was wheeled in by Matt Taven and Mike Bennett. Strong told MJF that he's a wrestling legend and he could easily give him some tips. MJF said he, he was a legend and now he's a jerk. So he walked away. So Cole began talking to uh, Roddy there. What are you doing, bro? And uh, Strong said, you know, that's something the devil would do, man. I don't believe he walked away from you again like that. Cole then disconnected the call. So Strong turned to the camera and said, it's time for him to remind everyone exactly who he is. Is Roderick Strong the devil? What does that mean? That's a good possibility. He's supposed to be incapacitated in a wheelchair. If he's yep. up conducting beatdowns, that's a little bit of a, a shocker, I guess. But yeah. I mean, is he the devil? Is he the devil? Would it be the most exciting devil reveal? Probably not. No. 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 Be better than MJF, though. It would be better than MJF. I think Adam Cole, I mean, Adam, even, even if it's Adam Cole and it's predictable, Adam Cole is still the best choice here that because the that's the long-term story, and I'm going to take yes. LTB over anything else. Yes, Adam Cole is the devil as the devil is the absolute best option. No matter like, oh, you can see that coming a mile away. 
Makes sense. If it is CM Punk, like people in the chat continue to say, I will wear no hat on this stream for one week. Okay? <laughs> Maybe two. That's how that's how confident I am in it not being CM Punk. I don't know, man. A, a few weeks ago, or a few months ago, when this shit was all unfolding, you were sitting there saying, this is all a work. I, well, listen, I still think Adam Cole's injury is uh, slightly a work. That's now what I thought was to, a work. Now you're ready to, to risk it all in a, in a CM Punk versus Het situation, man. What are you doing here? I think CM Punk is going to WWE. That's just my, my, my prediction. You don't watch there, so you don't have to deal with him, as long as he's not going to the uh, impact zone. No, I got I to gotta tell you, though, man. And I don't really care who I trigger right now. I'm I'm all mitted up and fucking. I seriously feel like, and I'm gonna end this punk talk. I hate talking about punk. I'm gonna feel like he will be the absolute biggest hypocrite in the history of all pro wrestling. I think he legitimately joins the Vince McMahon Kiss My Ass Club by going crawling back to WWE after all of the shit he said on the Coke Cabana podcast. I do. I sincerely do. That's something he's going to have to live with for the rest of his fucking life, bro. He's got to yep. lay his head down next to Larry and next yep. to April and, and, back. and, uh, and live with that regret, yep. you know, and how he let everybody down. Yep. I'm sure he's already concocting some uh, lame excuse as to why he did what he did, but it's we'll, the, we'll it's see. Professionally, it's the best move for him. Professionally, it's saying, the only move for him. Yeah. All I'm saying is, though, because of that podcast, he is making himself look like a complete fucking hypocrite, dude. Yeah. I think he knows that. I think everybody knows yep. that. MJF and Danny Garcia, they opened the show tonight. AEW World title match to open the show. I mean, you could, uh, you could sit there and say it made sense. You could sit there and be against it. You know, I'm not really... I didn't, I didn't really mind. I didn't care. But at the end of the day, I don't like to see the world championship open the show. I don't. You know, that goes for, uh, you know, Roman Reigns. Would you ever see Roman Reigns open the fucking show with the world championship? You know, we're talking about MJF being on that Roman Reigns level. And he's, well, he uh, you know, he, once. I, he did it once. I mean, it's fine. But you don't see Roman doing it. No. You know, you see Seth Rollins doing it. No. And MJF yeah. is better than Seth Rollins. Come on now. Yeah, the match order here was a little, a little confusing to me. Yeah, but we did manage to get the women in that same death spot. Of course, I mean that that's their spot. There you go. Nine fifteen to nine thirty. Uh, MJF. Yeah, so Danny- wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Someone says, "See, not see this. This is this is your audience, bro." Well, Cody is a hypocrite too. Show me the Cody Rhodes podcast where he talked about how. WWE ruined his fucking life, hated him, tried to have him killed damn near with a staph infection. Find me all of that, then I'll say I agree with you. Otherwise, I think you're crazy. Cody's a, Cody's a hypocrite for, for what reason? Because he wanted to go back where his uh, his bread and butter was and uh, and live up to his family legacy. So are we are we, sli- are, we are we sliding the man from wanting to make his deceased father proud? I mean, like I don't understand that. At the end of the day, I mean, let's be honest. WWE is a better fit for a gimmick like Cody Rhodes right now. If we're being if we're being honest, where would Cody Rhodes be right now if he was with AEW? Not main eventing WrestleMania. No, <laughs> two years nope. in a row. The fuck do you best, want? It, it was the best move for him. It was the absolute best move for him. He made it. He made a bigger name for himself. Made himself valuable. 
went back there and I'm sure he's making a shit ton of money that he was not making before. No. And he didn't go out there and do a two and a half hour podcast talking about all the horrible shit that WWE did to him. Punk did. You know, and, and who's to say, you know, how much of that creative role Cody had in AEW and what Tony Khan took away from him, you know? So why why stay there if he was getting his power taken away from him when he can go to the other team and main event WrestleMania in his first year back against Roman Reigns? <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, you choose. What do you want? You want your ball snipped by Tony Khan? Creativity thrown yeah. out the window because Tony Khan wants to handle everything? And, and you're upset that Punk is there and your star is not going to be as big because Tony's going to put his, all, his, all his eggs in the Punk basket? Or do, you go to, or do you go to WWE and main event against Roman Reigns, the biggest WrestleMania ever? What do you do? Yeah, I think the yeah. answer is pretty fucking simple. It was the best move from him. He smashed the Triple H throne. Yeah. So fucking what? Who cares? Uh, who cares? He did not go on a two and a half hour podcast saying that, oh man, they fired me on my wedding day. They made me work with a staph infection. I had to go work overseas. They fucking, I hate this company. I will never fucking go. And here we are, 2023. What are we looking at? What are we talking about? What's the biggest news right now? He is a fucking hypocrite if he goes back. He will literally be joining the Vince McMahon Kiss My Ass Club. Now, this is a this is a comment here. Cody's not a hypocrite. He's a turncoat. Listen, I, I've been oh. saying I've been saying it for the duration. If you want to feel like he turns his back on AEW, that's on you. I don't give a shit either way because I don't have an allegiance to one show over the other. I don't care. No, I, I don't. I mean, I don't have a problem with Cody, man. I think Cody did what was best for him and his family. I think Cody's um, ended up seeing the writing on the walls backstage. And I think him and TK bumped heads on a lot of things. And he decided that it was time for him to go in his contract. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. He didn't mm. leave on horrible terms. No. He can come right back if he fucking wanted to. And you know what? Tony Khan would fucking absolutely take him back in a, in a blink of an eye. Yeah. That's, that's not a, I mean, it's not a big deal. Cody made the people. Got, people got to remember, man, these, these people don't work for one company forever. Yeah. They might want to go and do a New Japan or WWE or AEW. It doesn't make you a turncoat. You know, if you ever worked just one job in your whole career, did you change jobs? Were you a turncoat if you did it? I mean, I mean, that makes no sense, people. I mean, it's not that serious. He's that would be like that would TV. be like that would be like me and Jesse taking this show after being approached by Sirius. Yeah, man, we want your show off the script, AEW. We want you to cover AEW on Sirius. Don't yeah, be on you, you. Don't be on YouTube anymore. Ah, JD's a turncoat. I don't believe he turned his back on the fans. Like what? He took he took his <laughs> talents to Stanford. You can still watch him on your TV. Just change the channel, bro. That's it. Yeah. Anyway, MJF Daniel Garcia. Very good match. Went about I don't know what I say. Fifteen minutes probably went less than that. Uh, MJ, MJF was uh, working over the arm. He was obviously setting up for uh, the salt of the earth. We go to commercial break. We come back from commercial break. Garcia was trying to come back here. Release German suplex sent MJF bouncing into the corner. There's a lot of Garcia to do a one-arm dance in the ring. I thought we were not going to get the sports entertainer, but we got oh, it anyway. That, 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 that's his gimmick, bro. That's his... I know. That's his gimmick, the dancing. And then he planted MJF with a brain buster, beautiful brain buster. Garcia okay, got... Right, so, quick question. Though. Yeah. Who's the better dancer? Danny Garcia? Or you? Prince Nana. Uh, I think I'm going to go Nana. 
Nana got it going on. I think I, I think uh, Nana's got it going on for sure. Swerve and Nana are going to be at House of Glory December 1st. We're going to be seeing the dance live at the NYC Arena. Love to be there to see that meeting with you and Swerve. I got backup already planned, bro. Okay. Got I don't know, man. Listen. I don't know why he hates me. I don't. I'm a fine guy, man. I'm not the way that I am on here in person, man. Come on. You know that. We had drinks, in the, true, we had, we had drinks in the Sky Bar in London, man. Come on. That is, that is, that is true, guys. Hey. Believe it or not, he's not the same guy. Anyway, uh, Garcia hit the brain buster. Garcia then got a series of near falls before a pile driver. Uh, he could not hit the pile driver because of the injured arm that MJF was working on earlier. Garcia settled for a big suplex, Saito suplex. Garcia then charged in the corner. MJF escaped, hit a double stomp to the elbow, and then a underhook shoulder breaker, which looked devastating. Then he hits a hammerlock DDT, gets a two count. Garcia was put into the salt of the earth. He scrambled out of it. MJF hit a corner super kick. He went for a Panama Sunrise, missed the Panama Sunrise, sold the knee buckling coming off the second rope. This led to Garcia chopping out the leg. Garcia then planted MJF with a one-arm pile driver. He did get it. And then he got a two-count off the pile driver. And then right out of the pin, he, uh, he went right into a submission with the Dragon Tamer. Garcia then fell back and kind of danced a bit. He allowed MJF to pull back on the injured arm and get the salt of the earth locked in. And Daniel Garcia ended up tapping out. Good match. No reason why it needed to take place. They can give me the every reason under the sun. You know, this is about the youth movement. This is about, uh, you know, the youth over tenure and all this other nonsense that they want to spew. The match did not make any sense. The match was put on TV as a good grace from AEW because of the bullshit that we got a week uh, a week prior. That's, that's the only reason why it was put on TV. I don't know how you feel about that, but that's the way that I see it. Yeah, man. There yeah, man. Uh, but look, the match was good. Yeah, the match was good. I the mean, match it was good. The match was going to be good. Yeah. Is, 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 I mean, no one ever comes to AEW and questions the pro wrestling. No. Ever. And if you do, you're an idiot because the, the, the pro wrestling is second to none. They have a little bit of a problem with their creative and their storytelling and their, you know, match order and, the women's division. They have plenty of problems. Yeah. But good wrestling matches is not the problem. Okay. No, a good wrestling will never be their problem. Bro, what are you Brett, sen- bro, Brett's- what are you, what are you sending me here, man? Jesus oh, Christ. You gotta see this one, man. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm not even gonna say, man. Kyle <laughs> Fletcher, man. Yeah, listen, man. I, man, I Bruh. I, I don't know, man. Bruh. I don't know. Whatever. Somebody said Brett Brett spit in Vince's face and Jesse doesn't call him a hypocrite. How do how do you know that? How do how do you know what I called Brett when he went back to WWE? How, I don't think I've ever mentioned it. We talk, you know we talking about what happened in 1997 now? We weren't right. even live we weren't even live on the You don't you don't even know Jesse in 1997. People will go through these acrobatic hoops to try to find some way to prove me wrong on something. He's talking about Brett Hart in the Montreal screw job. Joseph Taylor says, JD, I disagree with you. I think Seth Rollins is a better in-ring worker than MJF. False. No. 
I don't know. I, I, Joseph, I, come I on. Think that's, I think that's debatable. It's debatable, but no. It's, it's debatable. No. Uh, and no one's going to be right in whatever they choose because it is a solid debate to have. If I had to say anything right now, I had to pick one, I would say it's Seth because he's had the longer career and more experience. I think MJF will get there. He will get there. Seth has the experience as a writer, but that's a debate to be had, man. Bro, who took this picture, man? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. Where was this photograph taken, man? Woo! I got to put this in the chat so people can see this, man. I'm going to put a link in the chat, and you guys can just enjoy that one. Why does this only have 68 likes? I don't know, man. My God. I, but listen, man, I got to remain professional, man. I can't be retweeting stuff like that, okay? It's not the ty- that's not the type of uh, thing we do here. I'll take care of it. Whatever. Yeah, you do it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, good match. Uh, didn't really make any sense. No reason for it to happen. It is what it is. Uh, MJF offered a handshake. Garcia went for it. Menard and Parker pulled him back. MJF x Garcia. Uh, if Garcia will keep following them and got the crowd to chant for Garcia, but Menard and Parker stopped it again. So it looks like 2.0 is trying to stop Garcia. From being a pro wrestler, the they want him to be a they want him to be a sports entertainer. But like we we talked about earlier, Jesse, this was done already yeah. with Jericho and Brian Danielson. Yeah, what makes them think that them now doing it with 2.0 is going to have any reason for the fans to care about it? They 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 are literally rehashing the same goddamn storyline with Daniel Garcia, man. I don't know. I, I don't know. This tells me he has he has not evolved at all from the last time you did this exact same story. Yeah. And that and it's a shame because Daniel Garcia is Oh well, well I, I wouldn't say listen, he I wouldn't say he didn't evolve. He certainly got the sports entertainer thing down. And the dance, no matter how silly it is and how simple it is, it's gotten him over and it gets a huge pop and the fans love it. So I wouldn't say he didn't evolve. He's added a wrinkle to his character where Fans are gonna pop for him, but yeah. you know he's not gonna be able to do that when he goes back to who he really is, and that is a pro wrestler. Because pro wrestlers don't dance like that. Speaking of real pop, I'll put that link back in the chat again. Okay, Jesus Christ, Jesus. guys, uh, click on that link and then give me <laughs> give me your reaction in the chat. Ooh. Let me know, Tony Brown. I hope you don't there have you a pa- I don't. I hope you don't have a pacemaker, bro. Whoa. I don't think Tony Brown is on Twitter, man. I don't know, but he could click the link and see what Twitter's fucking serving up. I'll tell you that. Oh, no. Wild Stallions get caught clicking on the link by his wife. Oh, no. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, no. Anyway, we're moving on here. Sting and Darby Allen against the Outrunners. This is Turbo Floyd and Truth Magnum. Why? Why? I'll give them a little bit of credit. Those guys are entertaining. Fine. Entertaining. I'll, right? I'll throw one. I'll throw one on top of that. This is Sting's retirement tour. Can't really hate on it because this is the last you're going to be seeing of Sting. If he's going to get in there and pop the crowd with a death lock and a death drop, fine. Yeah, fine. Yeah, these Whatever. guys are entertaining, but I can agree that we don't need squash matches like this. On no, dynamite. So I, I, I do want to talk about this for a little bit here. Uh, I don't know if you watched Collision, but I did manage to catch up on what was going on there. First of all, Darby Allen beat a Fresh as a daisy, Lance Archer. Don't know how. Don't know why anybody would believe that would happen. Uh, Darby's like a, a fucking cripple, and he beat Lance Archer. 
So I have to genuinely and kindly ask Tony Khan, why? Why? We want Lance Archer to be, you know, legit, right, when he comes on in, but he's losing to Darby Allen. I mean, please make me understand how something like that legitimately can happen. It cannot. Secondly, apparently Lance Archer is still with Jake Roberts, and Jake Roberts has now formed a new stable with the Righteous and Lance Archer. They don't have a name. Apparently, he's gotten these guys together as a group, as a trio. And, and yeah, this is this this happened on Collision. And that sounds uh, awesome. Will you let me finish? Hold on. It sounds awesome. I agree with you. It sounds great. It's, they look fantastic. But the thing is, they're going into a match now against Adam Copeland, Darby Allen, and Sting on Collision. So I have two questions. If anybody in AEW wants to amuse me, please. Because, you know, I'm the fucking lowly podcast who doesn't know anything. First of all, why is Lance Archer losing to Darby? Second, why is Jake assembling a group with absolutely no explanation? Clearly, if you want to get them together, you want them to go somewhere. But if you want them to go somewhere, why are you putting them in a match against another trio that is having a major pay-per-view match in literally a week and a half where they cannot and will not lose the match? So you're putting this group together... To put them together to lose their first match together. Can someone please explain to me how that makes sense? And this is why we are frustrated with AEW Creative and there'll be some fucking geek online who says, oh, JD's now all of a sudden hating AEW and he's praising everything Triple H is doing. I don't give a fuck. I want to praise AEW, but I can't do it when they do shit like this. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, man. Does anybody know in the chat why why Jake Roberts assembled this group? Was there an explanation? I'd love to know. I like the making. You had Jake Roberts, Lance Archer. I was already a fan of the Righteous. I think this would work. Yeah. But now they they look like they suck already. Collision is taped on Saturday. They're losing. Should be a fine match. But what the fuck does it matter when this new group that Jake has assembled will be losing in their first match? Great job there, creative. Well, it's not like they were out for nine months and then came back and got squashed by Julia Hart. It's lazy booking. There's no logic to the booking. They don't care. And then people want to say, oh, well, it's a story. No, it's not a story. I could pick up the fucking pen and do the same goddamn thing. Who the fuck are they hiring over there to write creative? Give me a break. Yeah. And Jake, can Jake even speak? Honestly, we got Jake on TV. We got Billy Gunn as a trio. We got Big Show. We got Jeff Jarrett. Who else are we missing? Who else are we missing? Ric Flair. Ric Flair. <laughs> I don't know. We are no longer the alternative here, guys. We just, no, we're not the alternative. We're not we the alternative to Triple H. I'm sorry. No. Anyway, Tony Schiavone is backstage with Sheeta and Tony Storm. Screen was black and white, clearly for Tony Storm. Schiavone said, don't adjust your TV because it's black and white. Sheeta questioned what happened to Tony Storm, who said she's still upset about what happened at All In and will become the first three-time women's champion, and Sheeta will never have the spotlight. Storm signed the contract for this match at full gear, as did Sheeta who said what will happen is what will always happen. She'll beat Storm at full gear. Storm said, shut up, tits out, and watch for the shoe, which Sheeta smacked the shoe out of her hand. Ah, that's heat, pal. 
I've been here like every week saying how I was loving this Tony Storm gimmick. And then the one time I said that this match has no heat, we get somebody in the chat saying I hate Tony Storm's gimmick. What? I, I'm just still taken aback by it. No, we love Tony Storm's gimmick. Love it. Everything, everything that she's done has been done great. But what exactly is the story here with Sheeta? Uh, I mean, the, the story that, from what I gather here, is, you know, Tony should have went into All In as champion. But it was Sheeta that went into All In as champion, correct? Um, did Sheeta go in? I think so. As champion? I think so. It? Yeah, I think so. I think so, yeah. So, yeah, that's the story. Tony should have went in at All In as champion uh, instead of Sheeta. So what really is the story here? Or, or are we just booking a women's championship match because we need a women's championship match, and that's what we're going with? So she's what? She's like a three-time champion. She's going for the Charlotte Flair of AEW. Is that what we're doing here? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, basically, that's what's happening. Sheeta's a 16-time champion. Ah, Sheeta, the transitional champion in AEW. Yeah. Great. That's, what, that's, gonna, that's what's going to be on her fucking tombstone. Transitional sh- champ, Sheeta. Swerve. Swerve with Prince Nana. He went one-on-one against Pentagon Jr., Alex Abrahantes in Penta's corner, and Prince Nana in Swerve's corner. This match was fucking great. I don't know what you guys thought of this match. I thought this was fantastic stuff. These two have great chemistry. Swerve is at the top of his game right now. Swerve. Very top. You know, he's got the attitude. He's got the intensity. This feud with Adam Page is going to take it to the next level. I think this match, number two, at full gear is going to blow away the first match. And the first match happened in the middle of the show at Wrestle Dream, and it felt like a fucking main event match with the way that they wrestled. Yeah. Imagine what they're going to do at full gear, Jesse. This is going yeah. to be an absolute banger. And I also question why this match with Penta was taking place because it's just a random match. Not that I have a, a thing against random matches when they're this good. But I'm glad to see that they actually played the storyline out with Adam Page coming out at the end of the show. Fantastic match. They forwarded the story. Can't ask for anything more. Yeah, and Swerve should absolutely win again, too. Yes. Absolutely win again. Swerve needs to be elevated, and Hangman is the perfect, perfect talent to help um, Swerve get to that next level. In the in the AEW food chain, man. So that, that's perfect. Two solid wins over Hangman. There we go. Swerve is on the way, man. Swerve is on the way up. Yeah. Uh, Swerve is going to be a world champion in 2024, my prediction. Yeah. Uh, so this match was great. Panther went for a chop. The two started a chop exchange. Strickland stomped on the hand, put a stop to that. Penta fought back with a backstabber. That sent Strickland to the outside. And uh, cut off a diving Penta in the process on the outside. He sidestepped Strickland did Penta. Penta did a thrust kick and hit a somersault dive going into the commercial. We come back and both men are going at it with some big strikes. Both men countered a made in Penta and a JML driver. So both guys countered each other's signature moves before colliding with one another with a double clothesline for a double down. So we got... Penta then hitting multiple sling blades. This was uh, next set up with a fireman's carry. Jackhammer for two. Strickland was sent crashing to the outside as Penta followed with a beautiful springboard destroyer from the ring to the apron. Penta connected on a top rope double stomp, but Swerve kicked out at a two. 
Penta then tried going for a float over in the corner, but Strickland flipped the legs on the top turnbuckle and Penta came crashing down right on the back of his neck. You, you saw the camera view first from the turnbuckle cam, and then they actually showed the actual replay, and, and it looked worse in the actual replay. So thank God he's all right, but it looked like a nasty landing for Penta. Uh, he was hung up in the ropes. Then String, uh, Strickland hit a slingshot double stomp to the floor. He missed a 450 splash. Penta got him in a trap, snapped the arm back, Lucha Underground style. He then hit Made in Japan. We got a damn near close two count there off Made in Japan. Both guys missed uh, some big shots. Penta then punted the bad arm of Swerve. Strickland countered Fear Factor into a Death Valley driver. And then getting the payback on Penta by snapping his arm. Swerve Stomp connected, and Strickland got the pinfall for the one, two, three. Excellent match. I mean, yeah. Swerve is just putting on clinic after clinic after clinic, man. I don't think I've, I don't think he's looked as good as this ever, honestly. No, no. Um, the gimmick is, it, 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 so the gimmick is basically the same as it was when he started in AEW. Yeah. But it just wasn't clicking as much as it is right now. I don't know if it's Prince Nana. Oh, I absolutely think it's Nana. I mean, Nana's great for Swerve, man. Yeah. I don't know if it's the, just the direction that they've taken with him and his creative and the way that he's been portrayed and booked. But Swerve looks strong. He looks like a fucking killer. And Nana is out there for the comic relief, and he is entertaining as fuck. They have a winning duo right here. I'm gonna be honest. I don't think I don't even think they need the rest of the Mogul Embassy. No, they don't. They just need Swerve and Nana, man. That is the duo right there, bro. At the end of the match, Hangman came out with a steel chair. He had Swerve on his back on the ramp. Uh, Alex Abrahantes and Penta, they're gone. Hangman bashed Swerve again. Security ran out. And Hangman bashed them with the steel chair. Taz says you can't blame them. You can't blame them. And Hangman uh, lifted Swerve and leapt off the ramp with a dead eye through two tables down below. Fans chanted, holy shit, holy shit. Referees pulled Hangman back. He had this crazed look in his face or on his face and Swerve unconscious through the table debris. After the dead eye, I thought this post-match attack was fucking great. And obviously had it coming because Swerve broke into his home. Yep. It all makes sense. It's all escalating logically and evenly. I like that. Um, I like that Swerve got a beat down here. It, it further leads me to believe he's going to win at the pay-per-view. Um, I'm liking this feud. Yeah. This is clearly, easily the best feud that, that um, Swerve has had in AEW. Yeah. It's maybe the match of the night. On uh, full gear. Good be, man. Uh, we got, what's his name? Uh, Alex Marvez. He interviewed Jay White with Juice Robinson and the guns backstage. White says he still has the belt, the bang, bang belt. He says he watched Collision while on vacation, and he laughed at MJF for bragging about how he's more searched on Google than he is. White said that's down there as his long, drawn-out analogy comparing me to Tofu. He said this is Max's world, supposedly, and he'll indulge him. He said maybe MJF's name comes up so high because he always is searching for himself. Well, he wouldn't be the first pro wrestler that searches for himself, let's be real. I think we all kind of search ourselves on social media if we're in some, uh, some kind of spotlight. I know I do it sometimes. Not afraid to admit I that. I don't. 
He said maybe one day he has his insecurities and he'll be relieved on search returns someday. He says he is truly elite and he'll show it later against Briscoe. I don't know, man, this uh, this promo here by Jay White kind of, uh, I don't want to say sliced and diced MJF, but there was a lot of uh, kind of zingers in there against MJF, man. Jay White's a great promo. He is. And feel free, he can get all of the shots in on MJF that he wants. He's not going to bury MJF. So, yeah. I mean, get your leaks in because if you put them face to face, MJF will tear anyone down. So, yeah, it's fine. No one gets buried in that. That's it's good. I mean, everyone knows he's going to get that title back. So this right now, this is Jay White's moment to shine. These few weeks that he's had the title and look like a champion and being treated like a champion. I think it's good for his gimmick. Yeah, it's good for his gimmick. It's a good, uh, I guess it's a good test to see how he's going to carry the belt one day because I know he will be world champion one day. We go on to a vignette that aired with the Don Callis family. And it included video game street fight scenes thrown about this uh, this promo, this vignette. Omega also spoke, but as usual with AEW, you know, I don't know why they do this. You know, the sound of the music in the background is so fucking loud. I could not hear Kenny Omega speak in this promo or in this vignette. I don't know who's in charge of that, but my God, man, get a sound engineer and make sure the sounds are level and make sure the music is fucking underneath the vocals, please. I could not hear what Omega was saying here. But apparently, the, the, the whole gist of this, it's a Sega video game that's coming out this week, and the match next week with Big Show and Ibushi, Jericho and Omega against the Don Callis family is a Sega-sponsored match, Jesse. Now, I was worried that after the last sponsored match, where we had fucking uh, the chainsaw-wielding geek come out, Leatherface, I thought we were going to get something just as crazy, cringe, and garbage as that. So I'm glad to know that Tony Khan is not going to hire Sonic the Hedgehog and Dr. Robotnik to go out there and do some fucking skit during their match, maybe factor into the fucking finish, because the match is sponsored by Sega. Thank God. You know, that's... It's a double-edged sword for TK in that regard. Excuse me, because, you know, the the, the loyal fans, they, they want... AEW to get the big name sponsors and you know to, to to become a bigger brand and stuff, but then when they do stuff like that, we're like, what the what the fuck are you doing? I mean, do you say no to any sponsors at all? I mean, what the fuck is this? That, that's kind of I make your money, not you. That's just, WWE. Just, just, just make your money. They could go and do a fucking sponsor match. I don't give a shit if they do a sponsor match. Just don't incorporate whatever the sponsorship is into the fucking match. I don't want to. If you if you're sponsored by fucking. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I don't want to see some geek wielding a chainsaw in a mask. I don't. No. You're sponsored by Sega. I don't want to see fucking Sonic the Hedgehog or Tails. You know? Yeah. Sponsored by Nintendo. I don't want to see It's Me, Mario. No, I don't want to see that on my fucking television. No. Give me a break. Make your money. Just keep it away from my television. That's all. I agree. I agree. He's going to get an actual Yazooka. For this one. What? That's the name of the game? I don't fucking know. I don't play I don't play oh. these Japanese that, anime games. Is that the new Yakuza game or something? Yakuza, yeah, Yakuza. I'm sorry, I mispronounced it. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yakuza. You play Yakuza? I've played it once. I played it like on the PS2 version. I have not played it since. Streets but of Rage. It's like a it's, it's like um it's like Grand Theft Auto. Like a big open world and, you know, 
lots of missions and stuff. It's a lot like Grand Theft Auto. Okay. okay. It's actually not bad if you get into it. Yakuza. Yeah. The the um the Japanese uh, mafia. Kind of reminded me of Shenmue. You ever What's play the- Shenmue for the Dreamcast? Mm, no, nah. I didn't play too many Dreamcast games. I didn't own one. Oh man, Sega Dreamcast was fucking great. I man, I missed the Dreamcast, man. When I fucking first loaded up Dreamcast and I put in Shenmue and uh, NBA 2K, oh, God. It was the best-looking fucking system I ever had, man. Uh, I've never bought a Sega system. I've been Nintendo, Nintendo all the way up into PlayStation, and then I've been PlayStation from there on. That's the same way I am then. Uh, PlayStation and Nintendo only. That's just me. Yeah. Uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, we got Renee Paquette. Uh, interviewing Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega, teaming with Kota Bushi and, uh, well, can't wait to see that next week, man. Oh, man. I'm going to bring my, uh, I'm going to bring my cane in my fucking wheelchair next week to the, to the podcast, man. Holy shit. You know? This is embarrassing, man. When I go out and tell my, my lapsed wrestling fan friends to come back, watch AEW. Nah, nah, I don't want to do that. Come on, man. It's the real wrestling is back. Okay, I'll check it out. Ric Flair, Big Show. All right, never mind. Well, it's the Big Show. Is he getting any positive feedback from? I'm sorry. <laughs> any, I mean, is anyone saying this is a great idea? TK, you nailed this. Paul White out there with, out there with, with fucking Kenny Omega, and I mean, what, 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 what? Yeah. Well, it's the shit show. I literally thought I was getting away from big show matches when I left WWE to only watch AEW. And here he is. Bro, this look, the big show last week, man, looked like you, you ever go to a beer garden and it's a beautiful day outside. You had a couple of cold beverages in you, man. You go over, you play the fucking games they got there. You may get cornhole or you may get uh, shuffleboard or something. You see the fucking big Jenga, right, that these beer gardens have. I swear to God, man, Paul White looked like a fucking huge game of Jenga about to fall over after you pulled one of the fucking blocks out. I mean, that's what he looked like last week. Couldn't stand up straight, man. Ridiculous. Couldn't stand up straight. Looked the same way when we saw him in London, man. Just like this. These, these guys like this, him. Mark Henry, Jeff Jarrett, the knowledge and the experience that these guys bring to a locker room is invaluable. You need guys like that backstage, not in the ring. Listen, man, I've already I've already come to grips that I will never be invited back to a media scrum. I'm sorry. Clearly, <laughs> Clearly not, dude. I'm going to have to have Andrew Baydala fucking sign up for us, man, to get us into World's End. Jesus Christ. I'm like, where where is the the Nassau Coliseum? I'm literally 20 minutes from the Nassau Coliseum, bro. Come on. I could could fucking, I could uh, walk there. You ain't getting invited, bro. Not getting invited. Anyway. 
Anyway, uh, we got this skit here or this uh, this backstage segment with Jericho Omega. We got that, and apparently uh, Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson have a problem with Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho. Matt Jackson says they were hanging out in the broom closet with the extras since Jericho's back is so big. Matt said he and Jericho have a cool name, the Golden Jets. Said another cool name is the Elite. Jericho says they didn't have his back when Will Hobbs was beating down Omega. Jericho said it was the four of them who helped get the company off the ground. True. Matt says they started the revolution and Jericho strolled in and cashed another big check. That's when Jericho took uh, a little offense to that. You know, when people want to say, you know, who the heart and soul of AEW is for the first four years, man, Jericho may be at the top or near the top of that list in every discussion. I'm sorry. He was the first big name yeah. that that they needed um, to launch this company. They, yeah. they needed his name. They needed the in-ring work of the elite because Jericho will get you there and then the in-ring work of the elite will keep you there. Yeah. It was, it was a fantastic equation, man. I, I don't think... It was a perfect symphony. I don't think it would have worked out if all those pieces were not hitting the way that they, that they did. Yeah, I agree. Um, Jericho held that company on his back for the first year, first two years, actually. And, uh, you know, that cannot be overstated. So uh, show some respect to Y2J for sure. Uh, Matt uh, then says that, uh, I'm sorry, Jericho says it was four of them that helped get the company off the ground. Matt said, you know, that Jericho kind of strolled in and catched another big check. Jericho said he and Omega are two of the greatest, and they can beat the Bucks, one of the all-time great teams. The Bucks challenged them to a tag team match at full gear in their hometown of Los Angeles. Omega, you know, was looking at Jericho, and uh, Jericho likes the idea. Omega was a little hesitant to it. Jericho said if they win, they get the guaranteed tag title shot that they are currently sitting on that Commentary has not made a mention of since they won that title shot opportunity at WrestleDream. Matt says they'll take it further. He says if they beat the Bucks, Omega leaves Jericho and joins back with them. Omega said the Bucks are the greatest team and he doesn't want to wrestle them. He says he's beaten them before, though. And he said the attitude that they brought into this room isn't right and they'll they'll take them up on the match. He says when they beat them... They'll maybe clean up their act and act like adults instead of sissy, whiny, bitchy children. Omega said, see you in L.A. Jericho says, you know, I got my own dressing room, by the way. And he walks away. I don't know. I don't know what I, I don't know what to think of this segment, man. I know the, the Bucks, you know, you would think that with the Bucks getting a title opportunity, uh, that Ricky Starks and Big Bill would be defending the titles at the pay-per-view against the Young Bucks. And and they are still champions. And that's not the case now. So now we're going to the Young Bucks against Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho. I like that match better, but, you know, I kind of feel like the Young Bucks, every time they're in this limbo, we we talked about this limbo last week, I feel like when they're in this limbo where they don't really have a, a clear direction or they don't have any direction at all, they go back to what they usually do. And it's almost like, inner turmoil within the elite or, or or inner fighting within the elite. It's like, how many times have we seen this story? Them being upset like this and then, you know, being upset with Adam Page and being upset with Omega and whoever else is in the fucking group. I mean, it's the same shit. Yeah, this time, though, um, a heel turn was absolutely necessary because coming off the, off the punk drama, 
they were not getting cheered as baby faces anymore. Yeah. So it was definitely, definitely the right call to turn the Bucks heel and just just double down and go in on the heat because they can't go out there and smile and be baby faces when you get. And I don't even think it's a majority. I mean, it, I would say it's less than half of the fans are booing them, but that's that's too many. You're a baby face. You can't have half the crowd booing you. So go yeah. heel. Yeah, I think the match will be fine. Um, I'm glad that they found something to do for these guys on the show. But, you know, with Jericho and Omega feuding with the Don Callis family and now they're doing this match, I, I kind of feel like, you know, what they really should be doing at the pay-per-view is wrestling the Don Callis family. Th- that, that's just the way that I see it. Meanwhile... It seems like we're going to get the blow-off to the Don Callis family story, you know, next week on Dynamite and then go into the Young Bucks match. I feel like it should be the other way around. I feel like this should be the sub-story and the main story should be the Don Callis family. I feel like it's the other way around. Yeah, and I feel like the tag team champions aren't really the tag team fucking champions either. Yeah. I don't know what's going on there. It is holding the titles. Don't know what's going on there. I don't know what happened to the tag team division, really. Again, creative is just all over the place, man. Don't really have... uh, a lot of faith in the creative uh, team and the creative direction in the last couple of weeks. You may think differently in the chat or anybody watching me. I just don't feel like it's the same. I don't know what the fuck happened, man. There's a lot of a lot more criticisms, and rightfully so. They're all warranted. I'm not I'm not criticizing AEW yeah. because uh, you know no. I prefer Triple H, like people tend to think. No, I prefer good wrestling, and I prefer things to make sense. And if they don't make sense, I'm going to talk about them because that's what a podcast does. Sorry, guys. If you just just joining the stream. I am really completely under the weather. I've been sick since Sunday and I'm doing my best to hang in here. So if I'm dragging, I'm very sorry, but I am dying inside right now. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll uh, kind of speed through the rest of this. We got uh, a couple more matches here and then we'll get to the Super Chats. Uh, Samoa Joe, he defeated Keith Lee, Ring of Honor Championship, or TV Championship, Ring of Honor TV Championship on the line uh, here. And... Uh, a lot of people were excited about this match coming on in. They banked this being a great dynamite off of two meaty men going at it and beating the shit out of each other. The match did not disappoint. Neat. And uh, these guys uh, put on a great match. It was a great TV match. So we go to commercial break. Uh, but before the break, uh, Joe was on defense. He then quickly turned to offense and started lighting up Lee with some punches Leapfrog, drop down, massive crossbody by Keith Lee, send Joe to the floor. We go to commercial break. So we come back from break. Keith Lee is in the corner with Joe. Big strikes. Joe responded with a massive sit-out knee breaker. Lee tried fighting back, but a dragon screw uh, floored him very quickly. So uh, something I didn't really tend to think we would see on uh, this night in this match, a fucking dragon screw by Samoa Joe on Keith Lee. Um, so after that, uh, that allowed Joe to really kind of get in on offense. Joe had some combination offense here. Manhattan drop, big boot. Lee was in the corner and he was ready to counter the senton or actually not. I'm sorry. That was not in the corner. He was on the floor and he counted the senton. Uh, and then he catches Joe in a release German suplex. So both men start slugging it out. Lee planted a charging Joe with a pop-up power bomb for a very close two count. Lee wanted ground zero, his finish, but Joe got free, locked in the coquina clutch, and Keith Lee passed out, and the referee stopped the match. Now, today was actually Keith Lee's Lee's birthday. I thought this was going to go in the way of Keith Lee, and Keith Lee was going to win the Ring of Honor TV Championship. That was not the case. Joe got the clean win, and in about 10, 11-minute match, makes uh, Mr. Keith Lee pass out. Post-match, Joe 
says he didn't want to come to Oregon to be the Ring of Honor TV champion. He says he's hungrier than that. He relinquished the title right there in the ring and said the next title that he wants on his shoulders, the AEW championship, whether MJF likes it or not. I love it. Also, Julia Hart's birthday. Happy birthday, Julia Hart. Happy birthday, Keith Lee. Hooli, Hooli said something interesting. Hooligan said the last time Keith Lee had a match in Portland was NXT TakeOver versus Dominic Dijakovic. That match was fucking great. That was five-star worthy. That was a great fucking match. This was Man. not this was not up to that level, not taking anything away from Joe, but, you know, Dijak is, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say he's on another level, but they're just two completely different workers. What, what it is, what it is, is Lee and Dijak have insane chemistry. They're yeah. the best of friends. Every time they get in the ring together, they 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 give us a banger, man. Yeah. Yeah, this was uh this was probably one of the best creative decisions that Tony Khan has made in several months. Uh Ring of Honor should stay on Ring of Honor. I don't want to see anything Ring of Honor related on any AEW programming. I, I don't know why we constantly have this discussion. Keep that shit away. You got more than enough going on here that you're not even doing on this show. And you're only adding more confusion with Ring of Honor. It sucks. Get rid of it. Keep it on the app. Secondly, Joe focusing on the AEW Championship. Love it. Joe on Dynamite more often than Ring of Honor. Great. I can't hate that. This was a, a fucking fantastic move. Yes. Yes. I love it, man. It, and normally you would, you would catch me saying, well, this is bad. This, this lowers the value of the title. You know, he should be putting someone over to change it. This is different. This is different. Joe is moving on to bigger and better things. He does not have time for that title. They can vacate it and hold some kind of tournament or whatever and figure that out. For, for, ROH. for everybody that said that, that he should have put somebody over. Uh, I mean, Joe is greater than the Ring of Honor title. Joe made the title. Those titles don't mean anything. The Ring of Honor World Championship. Love Eddie Kingston. Doesn't mean a fucking goddamn thing. Though any of those titles on that brand don't mean shit. Athena is greater than the Women's Championship. Joe is greater than the TV Championship. So I would much rather both of them relinquish the championships and move on to something else. Because Joe, why do you want to beat him now when he's going to be in contention for the World Championship? I don't get it. And what is Keith Lee going to benefit from beating Samoa Joe? Keith Lee, you know, he's fucking dead to rights. The fuck is he going to benefit from beating Keith, uh, beating Samoa Joe? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Orange Cassidy backstage with Hook. Cassidy said John Moxley's the only person he's thought about ever since Moxley left him in a pool of his own blood at All Out. Cassidy apologized for picking up the pieces, not of Ray Phoenix, but of the international title that Moxley dropped. Cassidy needs to beat Moxley in order for the international championship to be whole, and he knows he will do that to, you know, he will do that at full gear. Should be a great match. But Orange Cassidy's not walking out with the championship. John Moxley's going to win that championship back. I don't know, man. TK really likes Orange Cassidy. I mean, well, Moxley was hurt. He was never supposed to drop the title in the first place. It seems like Tony Khan just may go back to the original plans. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so, but I, I don't know. I don't know, man. The Guns. Job match against the Bollywood Boys. 310 to Yuma within seconds. That was basically it. Now, this could have that this absolutely should have been left off the show. I don't know why this was on the show. I mean, they just cut a post-match promo anyway where they called out MJF and called him a liar. I don't know why we just didn't get the promo. Yeah. Yeah, we had a lot of gun club today. We did not need this match at all. Yeah, they called MJF a liar. 
who has been lying to the fans for years, which isn't something a generational talent does. They ran down their resume, called themselves generational talents. Austin called MJF an embarrassment and said at full gear, the Ring of Honor tag team titles go into the hands of a real tag team. And then they did their guns up. We got two words for you, guns up. Who's Joe, who is uh, MJF's partner going to be? That's the tease. Apparently Samoa Joe's been following him around all show. I, I mean, he wants the he wants the AW championship, so I think he's going to keep his nose close to wherever MJF is. He gave up one Ring of Honor championship, Jesse. Does it make sense for Joe to team with with uh, MJF and help him defend the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships. Would that make Samoa Joe a de facto Ring of Honor Tag Team Champion? You know, I don't know, but I do know that Joe trying to get next to Max while also being very clear that he wants his damn title is interesting TV to me. Yeah. He has no, Max has nowhere else to turn to. And Joe is a killer. You bring in Joe, you win. Yeah. You win. So does that complicate matters? Does does Joe now say, well, that title's mine. You can fuck off with this Adam Cole shit. Yeah. It's my title. Yeah. You know, it, it, it makes an interesting dynamic. I mean, I I want to see where this goes. Uh, moving on. We got Moxley and Yuta. They basically called out Orange Cassidy and Hook. Moxley questions the examples he'd be setting for Yuta if he doesn't beat the piss out of Orange Cassidy. Moxley issued the challenge next week for him and him and Yuta against Cassidy and Hook. Yuta said Hook has messed with the wrong crew and he'll see Hook in Cali. So expect that match to be official soon for Full Gear. So we got Wheeler Yuta versus Hook. Sounds like a uh, buy-in match. Yeah, it really does. Now, now the match itself... I could see that making the pay-per-view yeah. if it had actual build to it. Yeah. Because the match should be fine. Hook is coming along very, very nicely, I mean, as a matter of fact. So. I, li- I like the pairing of Hook and Cassidy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, like I, I, liked, I liked the pairing of Hook and Jungle Boy, but. Yeah, me, yeah, me too. But that went well, nowhere. We got to see where his, where is he going to go when he comes back? Where's Cry me a river, bro. I mean, pretty much, man. Pretty maybe, much. Maybe, maybe he's the devil. Maybe he's a part of the devil's camp. I think making, I think making Jack the devil skyrockets him up to the top of the of the of the totem pole. But is is he is he a believable devil though? That's the that's the thing. That's the thing. Who's following him? Who's doing this stuff for him? That that would be the bigger question for me. I don't know. Oh, we didn't get any Christian Cage on our TV tonight. No. Oh, I'm so pissed. No, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. No, I want him every fucking night. Every night. We got a video package of Wardlow, though. Oh, yeah. Wardlow training, saying the first three years in AEW, a foot was constantly on his back, holding him down, making him feel worthless. MJF won't know where or when, but when MJF realizes it, it'll be too late. As the days of the devil ruling over AEW are coming to an end, is Wardlow the devil? I think Wardlow is talking too much right now. You know, there was a huge guy in that beatdown of Anthony Bowens, man. I, I I thought it looked like someone that could fit the description of a Wardlow. Uh, I thought it might have looked like Big Bill, to be quite honest with you. I'm going to put this out there for everyone in the chat, because I know there's people in the chat that said this on Twitter. As they take pictures of the people in this segment and try to compare them to the likeness of people that we know. Again, guys, the people behind those masks 
are not necessarily going to be the same people when the reveal comes. No. They're just placeholders. Yeah. People are like, oh, look, this looks very similar. Look at this head shape and arm. They're just there to fill in bodies. When the actual people get revealed, then we'll see. But just because it looks similar, you might be right on who it is based on your similarities, but that's not necessarily who it's going to be when the reveal comes. No. Placeholders. Yep. Like you go to a bodega and they got the, the whole fucking menu laid out on the counter. It's fake food. Yeah. You know? It's like, it's, back, it's, like a display, it's, a, it's a display of what the actual meal is going to look like. Yep. Come on. Anyway, Warlow, I know he's going to be a part of the MGF story. Probably will have a factor into the pay-per-view at the end of the year, World's End. Julia Hart, she beat Red Velvet, and Red Velvet was making a return after uh, being away for almost a year. Julia Hart celebrating her 22nd birthday. Uh, This was a very good match for the ladies. Uh, You know, not introducing Red Velvet to lead to her first match back shows you the importance that they find in Red Velvet. Clearly, they don't give a shit, being that they sent her out there in in a fucking uh, ice bath with basically nothing behind her. I just feel like they could have they could have easily slid her into one of these storylines on a run in or a surprise reveal. I mean, something as opposed to like, hey, look, Red Velvet's back and look, she lost. Oh, but here comes Chris Statlander and, you know, Willow Nightingale. I mean, you got no problem filming a 30 second vignette of Wardlow training. I mean, would it have killed you to do the same thing for Red Velvet? Something. Holy shit. Was there no film extra on the camera? <laughs> uh, Holy man. shit. I tell you this though, uh, isn't isn't Red Velvet a product of the uh the Nightmare family? I think so, yeah. I think she is. Yeah. She was in that match with Jade, wasn't she? She was Jade's first real opponent. Was she getting the push that she got because of Brandy? Someone else who used to be here was making sure she got the push? Possibly. I, I sincerely think that not just Cody, but Brandy Rose as well. I sincerely think that Brandy may have been behind the push that the women were getting when they were getting it early on. And when she left, it feels like no one gave a single crap about the women's division anymore. No, no. Now something's off. Something's been yeah. off for years. Yeah. Uh, Velvet looked good. And Julia looked yeah. good. I thought they worked very well together. This was, uh, you would have never realized that Velvet was away for nine months. And uh, Julia is only getting better at 22 years old. She's coming along very nicely. We got a commercial break. Velvet was being beaten down. She started to make a baby face comeback. Leg lariat and a bulldog charging double knees to the back of Julia. Uh, Julia was trapped in the ropes. Velvet followed with a standing moonsault for two. She then ran into a corner back elbow and then took Hart out with a iconoclasm. She got a near fall. Velvet was slow to get up. This allowed Julia to hit a thrust kick and go to the top for the big moonsault. Julia's got a nice looking moonsault. It's not uh, the greatest moonsault that I've ever seen, but it is very good. And she gets a beautiful rotation on that. One, two, three, and she gets the victory over Red Velvet. Post-match. Well, everybody's moonsault can't be as good as Charlotte's, bro. Just, Who? Just saying. She's got the worst moonsault. What? That's crazy. Right now, Tiffany Stratton's got the best moonsault in the business. I haven't seen it yet. I think the chat agrees. Uh, post-match, Julia Hart locked on Heartless. This was uh, the end of the match, and Sky Blue hit the ring. 
had a face-off with Julia until Chris Statlander and Willow Nightingale joined. Nightingale helped out Velvet while Statlander stared down Hart, who just left. She looked at Sky Blue, and she looked in her eyes to make sure everything was all right, and then she walked away. What the fuck are we doing? What are we doing? She wanted to make sure her she wanted to make sure her eye makeup Jesse was uh, on properly for this. Everybody came out and just looked at each other. I don't know. Building absolutely no tension or heat whatsoever. Yeah. I it, this was just a complete waste of time. I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know what we're doing with Sky Blue. It seems like they're doing uh, maybe a possible TBS champion Sky Blue run. I don't know. Why was Chris Statlander not out there in a more predominant role in this segment? She just came out. She looked great. Came out and stared, and then she went back. I don't know what we're doing. I wish I could tell you. She beat Jade. Yeah. That seems like forever ago. (sighs) RJ City was backstage, and he said, we may have heard rumblings, and they're true. And he's honored to introduce AEW's newest signing, Mariah May, who walks in and she says she's so excited to be in AEW. Great. Who the fuck are you? RJ asked her plans and goals, and May said she's a big fan of RJ City's work with Tony Storm. May said Storm is the reason she's in AEW, as RJ lets her know Storm just left. But next week, he'll introduce her. May was ecstatic, kissed RJ, and then thanked him I wish this would have been a much bigger introduction for May, like I said earlier in the show. But, uh, you know, everybody's going to have their own fucking feelings on this. I I thought the introduction could have been done uh, way different instead of just fucking, here you go, here's Mariah May. No vignette. Maybe a vignette with Tony. Maybe something kind of integrating her into the whole Tony Storm act first, you know, subtly, not really knowing who she is, like... I, you know, I, I, I did not. I did not like this. Well, I don't give a fuck where the story's going. I did not like this. You know, so I called her a bimbo earlier in the show. I, 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 it looked like she came off as a bimbo, and I saw someone giving me crap for calling her a bimbo. So I went yeah. to Mariah's Twitter profile and yeah. looked it up. Look at the pictures of her profile, and I will double down on my bimbo assessment. Okay. It. She's a Barbie doll, bro. She. I mean. She looks great. She looks fantastic. You know who else looked great? Sable looked fantastic. Yeah. Now people say she can work. You know, and then you look. If I know people in this chat knows what good wrestling is, you know, for the most part. If they say that she can go, and plus the people that I heard from tonight say that she can go, I believe she can go. But I just think she was delivered in the wrong manner. I thought she was delivered in the wrong manner too. I don't give a shit what anybody says to defend it. Yeah. Could have been done better. We'll see what happens next week, though. Uh, she's obviously going to be integrated with Tony Storm. I would have absolutely debuted her full gear and helped Tony Storm win the championship. Boom, introduction. The fuck's she going to do on her own? I don't know. I agree. Maybe. What the fuck do I know, man? I'm a fucking podcaster on YouTube. What the fuck do I know? What do you know? Anyway, main event. Jay White, the fake world champion. <laughs> One-on-one with Mark Briscoe. Happy to see Mark Briscoe back on my television. Yes. Um we did not understand why this was the main event. We have no problem with what they delivered because it was a great fucking match. Uh, I will never complain about Mark Briscoe being on my television as long as he's in this type of role because he's always delivering bangers and he's legit as they come. Jay White, same thing. One of the best pro wrestlers on the fucking face of the planet. They had a great match here. Crowd was into it. False finishes were great. 
I got no complaints about this, man, outside of maybe questioning why this was the main event. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I love, you know, Mark Briscoe, too. I, I just don't think he's... I'm not going to say he's not ready for a main event spot in Dynamite. I'll say he hasn't been doing anything to be pushed to the main event spot of Dynamite. As of yeah. He's been hurt, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah. I mean, it just... I mean, I don't know. It just... I would have... I would have done the MJF match last instead of this. Yeah. I mean, something. I mean, this, I don't, I don't know why this went on last. I mean, just for what? So we can get that after the match segment. I mean, you could get to that any other way. I mean, the only thing that, the only thing that they really played up here was the fact that MJF showed up behind the bullet club at the end of the match and, and took them down and then teased getting his belt back. Meanwhile, yeah. you know, you could have not did that because we saw that last week. And give us the main event with MJF and Danny Garcia. Have them go out there for 20 minutes and deliver a banger. Give them some extra time. And do the same thing that you see that you did with MJF tonight where he saw his guys get beat up in the back. Yeah. Could have did the same thing. Um, this was a great match, but predictable. So we go to commercial break. Right before the break, uh, Jay White hit a DDT. He was faking a leg injury, which was classic. Uh, he faked a leg injury, which allowed Bullet Club Gold to attack. Briscoe right before the commercial break. We go to commercial break and come back. Briscoe was fighting off of a superplex and scored with a middle rope drop kick. So we got a nice uh, strike exchange between the two. Briscoe was uh, taking some chops from White. He kind of brushed them off and then unloaded some chops of his own. Briscoe was on fire here, making a babyface comeback. He took White and hit him with a neck breaker. Goes for recovery, gets a two count. Briscoe countered a Uranage into a Fisherman's Buster for another near fall. Jay White stopped that by raking the eyes and hit a dragon screw and went right after the knee of Mark Briscoe. Briscoe wasn't uh, having any of that. Rolling Death Valley driver. Beautiful looking froggy bow off the top. Two count. Briscoe went for a J-Driller, but White spun out into a Uranage and the both, uh, both of them hit a double down. So... We go to the end of the match here. Briscoe was calling for his finish. White backdropped out of a J-Driller, connected on a sleeper suplex, followed by a brain buster. Briscoe chopped away out of the Blade Runner, but couldn't dodge another sleeper suplex. And then Jay White with the straight jacket, brain buster, and then a Blade, uh, blade Runner put uh, Mark Briscoe away for the one, two, three. Great match. Post-match, MJF's music hit. Bullet Club looked up at the entrance ramp, thinking that he would come down there. MJF showed up from behind, and he had the dynamite diamond ring. He knocked out the guns. He knocked out uh, Juice Robinson, and then he had a stare-off with Jay White. He quickly bailed with the title. MJF took the microphone and said, Playtime is almost over with Jay White dressing up as the top guy. He said he'll go down as the greatest AEW champion of all time, as White will have to kill him to beat him. For the first time in his life, MJF is fighting for everyone on the journey with him since day one. MJF isn't just a scumbag. He's the fans scumbag. And he says he's going to be the first man or will White be the first man to pull the trigger on him at full gear? No, I don't think MJF's losing the championship. All of a sudden, the lights go out. We saw the acclaimed and daddy ass in the back on the big screen being beaten up by four masked men backstage who were visibly larger than the last time we saw them beating up Jay White. And different Anthony, people. Different yep. people. Anthony Bowens was launched through a glass window that was conveniently just there, office window. He went right through it. And then we got the camera cut to the devil, then back to the ring as MJF sprinted to the back, frustrated. He got back there. The guys were gone. 
All of a sudden, Samoa Joe walked up and said, it looks like the champ is running out of friends. And then he laughed and walked off to end the show. So it looks like Joe is going to be teaming with uh, MJ for the pay-per-view, which I don't mind. But, you know, I said in the beginning, you know, Jesse said it still could be MJF. I think that would be terrible if he's the devil. But it almost seemingly was kind of, I guess, revealed tonight that MJF is not really the devil because he ran back there and uh, these guys were attacking his boys in the back while he was out in the ring. Yeah, it would. It all it seems like the perfect alibi set up. Oh, I came back here because I was so concerned. Yep. Because we know about MJF's past, we don't know if we're being just completely worked over by this babyface gimmick, or he's actually genuinely leaning into it. Because if he turns heel, for me, it kind of messes up this whole Samoa Joe dynamic now at this point. Yeah. So I'm hoping that this is a this is a true babyface run. He's not going to be turning heel anytime soon. And if that's the case, he definitely cannot be the the devil. So no. we'll see. Anyway, guys, I appreciate you hanging out with us tonight in the live stream chat, and we are going to get into the super chat. Jesse, I'm going to leave it up to you, man. Do you want to hang out or do you want to hit the bricks and go rest, man? Bro, I would love to hang out and shoot this shit with you guys. Um, I got to get out of here. I am feeling like death right now, man. There you go. Jesse's going to head out of here. Uh, he'll be back with me next Wednesday, hopefully uh, feeling a little bit better. Uh, are, yes. you covering, are you covering Impact tomorrow? Yeah, man. Got to get to work, bro. I'll be covering Impact tomorrow night. Um, what does it come on? Uh, 9.30 tomorrow evening. Check out my YouTube channel for the uh, coverage of um, the Bountiful Glory Fallout show. There you go. All right, bro, go get some rest, and uh, we will get into these uh, Super Chats here. All right, man. You guys take it easy, bro. Take it easy, man. Uh, we yeah, are going to gonna get into these Super Chats, guys, in just a little bit. I am going to uh, go upstairs to uh, the OG venue in just a second. There you go. I already had this shit planned out, man. Already had it planned out. Let's get into these super chats, man. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you go check out all the other content on the channel. Plenty of it, including last night's great Tuesday Night Titans, number 21 with Andrew B. Dalla and myself. The best new debate pro wrestling talk show on the net. Tuesday night, Titans. And make sure you guys go check out my sponsor for tonight's show, DraftKings. Use that promo code JD from NY. Bet $5 and get $200 back in bonus bets. Joseph Taylor with a $10 Super Chat. J.D. Jesse, your favorite Randy Orton match when he was the legend killer. Mick Foley. Michelle Moran with a $2 Super Chat. Most of tonight's matches were pointless. No story. But they had story come out of them. That's what typically AEW does. Stick World May with 23 months. J.D., I had my neck surgery today. C4 through C7 disc replacement. I'm a hashtag neck strong VIP. I'm in pain, but you know I'm going to be at the venue OTS for life. Stick world. That means a lot to me, brother. The fact that you got neck surgery today and still are at the venue having a cold beverage. 
Throw up those prayer emojis for Stick World Mayor, man. Get them up. Thank you, brother. Hero with a $5 super chat. Mariah May deserved a better, a better debut than that. Uh, her work in stardom was flawless. If TK books are right, she's immediately a top star rooting for her. You're not the only one that feels that way, man. Tony Brown with a 499 JD. I would definitely eat Red Velvet's cake batter. Whoa. Tony Brown, take it easy, Tiger. Easy with nine months. Didn't watch Dynamite tonight. I'd rather watch the best duo on the IWC, JD and Jesse. I hate what AEW is turning into. TK needs to wake up fast. Jason Barker with 15 months. 15 months in the venue, still bringing in the bombs. Live chat, bringing the bombs, the likes, the subs. And what you guys, what are you guys drinking? Thank you, Jason. Devoted with 15 months. OTS for life. Much love and respect. Thank you, Devoted. Tyler with a 199. What if the devil is Kyle O'Reilly? Could be. Justin Phoenix with a $5 super chat. Jesse, hope you're feeling better, man. Much love, JD. Jesse, Drew Chat, and Adam. Cheers, OTS fam. Thank you, Justin. Mel's Matt Chat with 31 months. Hey, JD, Jesse, I hope all is well. And Jesse, I hope you're feeling better. This is for Jesse. Thank you for getting me hooked on TNA. And I love you both. Thank you, Mel. Jason with a $5 super chat. AW Dynamite was cooking, but it was ramen noodles. Let's be honest. Fixes a blunt. Fixes a bind. With a 20 and a 5. I was going to say fixes a blind. Fixes a bind. I can't stand locker room drama. I can't enjoy the product until the appropriate people are fired. Even when I was a kid in the 90s. If we didn't have that locker room leader, I couldn't watch. Jesse knows what I'm talking about. I can't watch wrestling unless the locker room is cohesive. I need a locker room leader. Otherwise, I'm really soured on the product. Who exactly is that in AEW? I would say MJF. At 26 years old, 27 years old. Obviously, you got Roman Reigns on the WWE side of things. Frank Marano with a $20 super chat. Personally, call me crazy, but I would love to see MJF bring in Hammerstone if he gets his MLW release and Richard Holiday to help him with the devil. Those are his original buddies. Old callback, but I think it could work. You're really playing into the indie market with that one, man. How many people know about that? Will Chisholm with the $2 Super Chat. The women's stuff is not helping AEW get Julia. And if Mercedes may be signed, I don't know what Tony told her to get her the way women are. P.S. Sheeta looks like she didn't want to be there. I don't know what Mercedes is going to do if they bring her in. I really don't. Cake with a $5 super chat. I'm seeing more and more people think the devil is Jack Perry. If the devil is Jack Perry, JD has to say deep dish pizza is better. Bro, Jack Perry would be an underwhelming devil. 
Cake with a $5 super chat. Thank you, brother. Peter Gaymore with a $2 super chat. What's up, Jay-Z? Just pre-ordered the Gyarados EX Premium Bundle. I didn't know that was a thing. I have to look into that, Peter Gaymore. Thank you for the heads up, man. Pokemon content is red hot on the second channel, man. Go check that out. I opened some uh, packs today for a video tomorrow. Pulled a $70 card from the new set Paradox Rift, man. I may actually do another video tonight. Billy, Billy Sizane with a 20. JD and Jesse, you guys are the best. Happy Veterans Day to my brothers and sisters that I did overseas. Always remember us. God bless USA. Thank you, Billy. And God bless you, my brother. She Black with a 999. Swerve is now better than Scotty Flamingo. If you know, you know. J-Ray with a $10 super chat. Everyone in the IWC knows that Full Gear is going to be an absolutely amazing show. So who actually cares about the weekly TV product? Sarcasm. LOL. AW will eventually get that creative together. I hope so. The cake with the $2 super chat. Thoughts on the Zelda movie announcement? What Zelda movie announcement? What are you talking about? Now I got to Google this. Zelda, Nintendo developing Legend of Zelda video game into live action film. I don't know, man. If it's uh, if it's as good as Mario was, I, I I thought Mario was fantastic. Super Mario Brothers. I thought that was a great movie. It's gotta have a it's gotta have a an, an evil vibe to it. You know, it's gotta it's gotta be it can't be as uh, comedic as uh, Mario was. It's gotta be fucking rich in that Zelda just epicness. You know. Sheet Black with a 499. The Sega Dreamcast is one of the best systems ever. Sonic Adventure 1 and 2, NFL 2K, NBA 2K, Power Stone 1 and 2, etc. I love the Dreamcast. Cake with the $2 super jet. The Bucks are leaning into the criticisms. Heavy. Sheet Black with a 499. Jericho was just coming off the list, he was hot. J-Ray with a $5 super chat. Thank you to Jesse for appearing tonight. Due to not feeling well, your opinions, your opinions are appreciated. And you and JD are a great combo. Feel better soon. Thank you, J-Ray. Clyde AF with a $19.99. First ever super chat. Long overdue. Been subbed to your channel since 2016. And I've seen the channel's growth. I want to give a big shout out to you, JD, and your current and future success. Shout out to Jesse and Andrew as well. Clyde. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, man. Hopefully that is not the last we see of you in the super chat, man. Jay Ray with a $5 super chat. The original Xbox with Duke controller is the Sega Dreamcast 2. Microsoft changed the branding to Xbox due to Sega copyright issues. Interesting. Did not know that. Hiru with a $5 super chat. Why does Moxley need the international title? 
Why is Takeshita not taking that title off Orange Cassidy? I'd rather see that. Me too. Everything is backwards. Joseph Taylor with a $5 super chat. JD, with NXT going to the CW next year, do you see WWE being assholes and putting NXT on Wednesdays again to compete with Dynamite? Joseph, you got to watch TNT. Andrew Baydala and myself talked about this last night. Yes, there is a possibility, and I do think WWE is petty to do that. Yes. Cake with a $2 super chat. The main event felt like a collision match. Collision is awful. Show has not felt the same since you know who left. Still Children's with a $5 super chat. JD, we appreciate everything you do. You, Drew, and Jesse, keep up the good work. Love your play-by-play of all wrestling shows. Thanks, OTS forever. Thank you, Sue. And Joey Clemenza with the 23 months in the OTS venue. One month away from that 24 months in gold microphone, Joey. What's up, JD? Speaking of movies, movies, what are your thoughts on the A24 Von Eric movie? It's supposed to be dropping next month. The Iron Claw. I can't wait, man. Very interested in that. Guys, thank you so very much for all your support on the podcast tonight. Jesse and I had some great discussion. Thank you guys for making us number one in the community. We had 1,900 people in here at one point. You guys are great. Tomorrow, I'll be back with the news. As always, right here on Off The Script, we got something coming on the second channel as well. Make sure you guys go and hit that subscribe button over there. Link is down below in the description of this video. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button over on this channel down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Go check out DraftKings, DraftKings.com. Download the app. Use that promo code JD from NY. Bet $5 and get $200 back in bonus bets. And again, go check out all the other content on the channel. Plenty of it. For you guys to get caught up on. Thank you for a great stream, guys. AEW, good show tonight. Not the best, but good show. Built towards some things. Cliffhanger ending as we continue on to full gear. And I'll see you guys tomorrow right here in the sub box with more news right here on Off the Script. I'll see you guys later.